Lord, we, um, we thank you today for gathering us in your house. Lord, you have placed us in this local body of believers. This is your church. You are the head. And Father, we pray that um, you would help each one of us uh, to find our area of service, area of contribution. We all have something to bring to the life of the body. <clears throat> so Father, we pray that we would be uh, loving one another, encouraging each other, um, and that we would celebrate uh, the, the fact that we are, uh, each one of us, we are unique with a different set of gifts and abilities and that we, uh, we need each other. Help us to, to work as a team. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> yes, so uh, three Sundays on Romans chapter 12, so that's, that's a big undertaking. Uh, and again, I want to say thank you to Robert, and I want to include Jonathan also. And now you wonder why, why is he thanking them? Well, <clears throat> you have been leading, and I think continuing, to lead a study on forgiveness. And if you look at the last part of chapter 12, it, it deals with uh, forgiveness. It's an important part that I'm very sorry, but I, I cannot cover in three weeks. So I thought, well, uh, a good, some of our church members are um, reflecting and uh, discussing the important theme of forgiveness. So again, thank you, Robert and Jonathan, for that. <coughs> You know, again, I was reading Romans 12 and just trying to see what, you know, Lord, what do you want uh, to say to us here at, at Snowden? And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, one thing came to mind is, you know, university, some of you have, have been to university, some of you are are at university, and some teach even at the university, <clears throat> something that can be uh, challenging is when you have team projects. I think you know what I'm talking about. You might be uh, four people, five people, and my daughter, Aiko, she, she told me a few times that some, some of the people on her team are just useless <laughs> so useless and it it can it can be frustrating and you know sometime <clears throat> sometime what's the easiest way to maybe get a good mark or to do the project is okay let me do the bulk of it and I'll tell you what to say when we do our presentation it's not that bad but um, <clears throat> Teamwork, I have a friend who's been a pastor for many years, and he, he told me to, to have a leadership team uh, to work with, 
and to, you know, to make decisions in re regarding the church and so on can be, can be difficult. And sometimes he also ends up uh, doing the bulk of the, um, I guess, of, of structuring, you know, the church and what will what we will focus on in the next, you know, few months and so on. Uh, you just need one, one person on that leadership team for, for my friend. He, he, and he had a few experiences where it's, it's hard. It's hard. So Romans 12, Paul talks to us about the fact that we are a body of believers. And yes, the head is Christ. Jesus is the head of his church. And each one of us, we are different. Uh, we are uh, unique. And you have gifts to bring to the life of the, of the church. And, and even as, as a church, we want to, um, we want to bless uh, those outside the walls of this church. Locally, uh, we, we encourage, we give for uh, missionaries. I, I consider myself and my wife, Hadio, as part of those who um, serve in, in that way right here in Montreal. We have Fred and Philly who have uh, gone back to their homeland uh, for many years, and they, God has used them. They, they have made their gifts, their talents available to the Lord. And uh, as a result, not only what Fred and Philly did, but the prayers, the giving, uh, the local team in the Philippines, we, we've seen many people baptized, churches planted. So, you know, praise God for... Okay, so <clears throat> Paul says, and I read this last week, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And I, I just mentioned, you know, we, we find this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 has a, has a section that, you know, could be uh, related to what we are talking about. The, this is a, yeah, it's very good illustration to help us, uh, the body. <clears throat> so your hands or your feet and, you know, basically if the eye said, I don't need the rest of the body. I can just, I'm fine on my own. I haven't seen, you know, an eye on the sidewalk just hanging out there. And it's not really going to do much. It's not, not a good way of explaining it. I'm, I'm sure you haven't seen an eye on the sidewalk. <laughs> but uh, if ever you do, yes. <laughs> But um, 
again, looking at the whole chapter, and, and this is kind of the, I guess I would say the conclusion today, um, <coughs> I, <coughs> I mentioned uh, maybe one or two weeks ago, I mentioned the fact that what is there in chapter 12 and what is not there. And Paul is talking about uh, the, uh, you know, the Christian community that we are part of. What's there, what's not there? If we think in terms of uh, making disciples, growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, um, what's there and what's not there? Well, Paul will say in chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians, uh, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Now, does it mean that Paul is kind of anti-intellectual or saying, well, we don't really need knowledge. This is not what the church is about. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think this is <laughs> the way to, to understand that. So, you know, when we read that Jesus uh, was full of truth and grace, truth and grace, and then the verse I mentioned before, uh, Peter says that we should grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think there's a kind of a balance or combination of, yes, we need, uh, we have the word of God, we need to spend time in God's word uh, to meditate, Pray with God's word. Um, I, I for one, can say that the, uh, our tradition, this is a Baptist church, and I think one thing that is strongly emphasized in, in many Baptist churches is, is the Bible, the word of God. You know, we love to have small groups studying the word of God, learning more about God's word. And I, I am not against that uh, at all. Um, some, some of you might know there is a, there's a book called Strength Finder. Um, I forget who wrote it, actually. It's just bleed uh, from my mind. Um, Strength Finder, and basically... Uh, you do uh, some kind of online survey, and out of 35 strengths, uh, you, will, you will find your top five. Now, why am I saying this? Because when, when I did this, I, at first I said, well, I have no choice. At the, the mission where I was serving, we, we, had to, uh, we had to do this, so I'll do it. But then I, I was uh, encouraged and surprised to see that the top, the five top strengths, three, three of the five were in the area of intellect, learner, and one that's called input. 
So three out of five had to do with, so basically it's true. I love to, to learn. I love to read and learn from God's word, especially. And so I guess it makes sense that I ended up in Hadio in, in a church like Snowden. But here's the but. But the flip side or the downside of our strength could be like if you look at your strength, you might also find your weakness, some areas of weakness. And uh, you received a handout uh, coming in this morning. We'll look at this, you know, in a few minutes. Uh, pride and humility. And so if your strength is to, you know, you, you love, you can't get enough of learning, you love to exchange with others. So when you, when you will listen to others uh, give a presentation or a teaching, you, you might internally, you might be critical. And I know I have over, over the years. And so when Paul, Paul who is a Pharisee of the Pharisees, who was a learned, who studied with Gamaliel, one of the top uh, Jewish scholars of the day. What happened to Paul that he would write Romans chapter 12 and not, not really include too much emphasis on knowledge Okay, not that he discourages us, as, as I said, to, to learn and to know. But what I see are the, some of the pitfalls of uh, church life, and I guess we could say a healthy uh, church life. Some of the pitfalls I see in Romans 12, well, one of them is pride. And we're called to follow Christ and uh, humility. Paul reminds us in Romans 12 that all that we have, all our abilities, our gifts, are really from God. It's, so he, he repeats this. It's repeated in Romans 12. Uh, often he'll say, uh, like this one here, the according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, the gift, whatever gift you have. How do you, how can you find out what gift uh, or S, more than one gift? What do I have to bring to the life of the church? Well, for, for me, I mean, to keep it as simple as, as possible, uh, Tony Campolo once, I heard him say to a young man on a video, so he said, well, what, what do you like to do? He just said it like that. The guy was, you know, in turmoil, like, what is God's will? Where, where is God calling me? Well, what do you like to do? And then from there, so when we met with uh, our friends from China, 
many years ago, it just uh, there was a connection. And you know, when you are serving in your zone, uh, time flies, you're not looking at the watch. You, you actually enjoy, uh, each one of us here has uh, something to bring. And, and you know, this morning, I don't have time. I, I, could, I could mention a few and many of you. And what thing, one thing that um, excites me, I think I could use that word, excites me, is that when, when I meet uh, a Christian brother or sister, and I get to know them, I, I love to help them uh, discover their gifts and empower them, I guess could be a term. A bit like a scout, uh, I guess they call them scouts. They, they go to see baseball games or hockey games and they're, look, they're on the lookout for the next Wayne Gretzky or Babe Ruth. And they could see potential. So one of, one of my area of gift, yes, it could sound like <laughs> you know, I'm boasting, I have this gift or not. No, I think when you discover your gifts, um, to God be the glory. And, and I know my gift is really not preaching. Because after three Sundays, you know what? I will be very happy when this is finished. <laughs> But the area where I have seen God work in my life is to be like a Barnabas, a son of encouragement. This is one of the gifts in Romans 12. I love to come alongside and to encourage and then to try to point people to resources, what could help them to develop and to use that gift and to be like a, like a coach or a mentor maybe. And you see, if we don't have Barnabas in the New Testament, I want you to think or imagine what happens with Paul? What happens with some big church conflict? But people like Ananias, Barnabas, they, they, were, they did what Paul says in Romans 12. They offered their life, their body as a living sacrifice. Lord, I want to serve you. I want to be available to whatever you called me, whatever you asked me to do. Ananias, that was hard. I think it was him who went to see Paul. This, this guy, Paul, was dangerous, but he went. And because he went, you know, uh, we have Paul. We have the letters of Paul, uh, Barnabas, another. And so I look to these as kind of role models almost. And I, I prefer to serve not so much from the pulpit, but to... You know, I, I just met recently Belal from Bangladesh, and wow, I have been so blessed. Belal, it's, it's, it's a privilege to know you. Belal comes from Bangladesh, 185 or 200 million people, most of them Muslims, and he came to faith in New York City. 
few years ago. Um, and he's, he's excited to help others from his country to know about Jesus. He, I don't know if I could, I guess I'll say it, but he, he had a surgery, a major surgery, and, and he, he has chronic pain. And, and you know, <clears throat> I'm complaining about a cataract, you know, day in, day out, and he's not complaining <clears throat> at all. He's always giving thanks to the Lord. <clears throat> I don't know how I can encourage my brother Bilal. I can't speak his language, but I will try my best <clears throat> to encourage him to, to be all that he can be for Christ. Same thing with Joshua, Majid, Hassan. I wish I could speak Iranian, <clears throat> but I love to come alongside and to uh, encourage, pray for them, pray with them, and just be excited. You know what? It, church life is not, it's not about competition. And the sooner we understand this, you know, the better it will be for, for all of us. It's cooperation. And to appreciate and respect each other. You know, there's, there's a lot that could be said about this. I'm still learning, still have to grow. Uh, I like, you know, some sentences that stayed with me over the years is, to agree to disagree. There's something about that. Yes, agree on, on the essentials of the faith. We don't budge. We don't, there's no uh, compromise at that level. <coughs> but other things, you know, some of us would like more of and less of. And I could give you a list, you know, more music. Maybe you'd like the church to be a Bethel or Ilsong type of worship uh, place. And, hey, that's nice. Uh, preaching, we, we might want more preaching, more of a certain kind of preaching, less of a certain kind of preaching. We might like the building to be even more renovated or more upgrades. We might like more mission. We might like more evangelism, more children program, less of this, more of that. You remember what I said, teamwork and university or even a family. Like if you have young kids and you're planning your summer vacation after a pandemic and the kids want to go to Epcot Center or uh, Disney World, now you're your idea of a nice vacation might be going to a monastery in France. How do you reconcile this? Well, I'll leave it up to you. <laughs> you might have to negotiate with the kids. Usually the parents have a bit more um, power in the uh, process. Uh, Ephesians 4, it's Christ who gives all these uh, functions, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But notice, and, and this I remember reading this many years, I, I was still a young Christian and it, it had a strong impact on me. So 
So why do we have pastors or evangelists or teachers to equip his people for works of service? Now that's, that's interesting. So that the whole body may be built up. <clears throat> and Romans 12, I think, is going in the same direction. What does a mature Christian disciple look like? Is it someone who has uh, read the whole Bible and could, give you, could answer an exam on Bible knowledge? Don't get me wrong. I'm, I advocate for Bible uh, studies. I love it. But there is something about to be said about <coughs> Christian maturity. And usually it's connected to love. And not only love, but... So uh, this is from Natural Church Development. I don't have time to uh, kind of explain really what it is, apart from this is a study that was done of over 1,000 churches across the world. And these churches were growing, but we're not talking about uh, numerical growth, like 50, 200, 500, but they were growing in quality, okay, maturity, Christian character. And they, the one who studied Christian Schwartz, he, he came up with eight uh, characteristics of a, of a healthy church. And the first two, so this one here, um, I have it here. Okay. The first two on the list, uh, empowering leadership. The church leaders equip, support, motivate, and mentor individuals enable them to become all that God wants them to be. Instead of handling the bulk of church responsibilities on their own, they invest the majority of their time in discipleship, delegation, multiplication. Now this is something uh, the, the church board will, will, will address uh, June 19th. Charles and others have already um, been preparing, working on um, helping us to, to see more of that. Now, I know there's a men's discipleship group. There's, I think Charles was doing that. And uh, Kathleen was leading a women's discipleship group. When, whenever we, uh, we teach the Bible to uh, newcomers, they could be from the Middle East, could be from China, Japan. Nothing makes me more happy than, you see, I don't want them to become dependent on me as their teacher. So the sooner I can help them to pray on their own, to learn how to pray, <clears throat> to learn how to have a, uh, a daily quiet time, a Bible reading time, uh, in small groups, we, we, tr we, we try not to just spoon feed them. Do you understand spoon feeding? Yes, you understand. It's just like, okay, this is the question, here's the answer. This is the question, here's the answer. No, 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 no. We want 
to help them to, to really get, uh, yeah, get excited about God's word, learn how to study God's word, and then multiplication. The last word on the list here, wow. If, you know, if we help someone, and we're not the only ones helping them, that's the great thing. There's different people helping them, but when you see a, a Christian, a disciple, move from not being a Christian to being a Christian and then to pray and then to read his Bible and then to share his faith and then to, t wow, you know, the cycle is completed and then you can have multiplication. Um, you, we don't want people to be dependent. Like if you're watching a TV show, you know, you sit down, you watch a TV show and we become like consumers. And, and then if, if you don't read your Bible on your own, if you don't spend time in prayer, there will be minimal spiritual growth in, in your life. And that's, I went to a seminar and they, they called it sit, soak, and sour. So we don't want, you know, we, I think we, we want everyone to, uh, to grow, as Paul says in the, the second one. We're not going to look at the eight, and I am looking at the clock. Uh, Gift-oriented ministry is the second on the eight characteristics. Uh, God is the one who determines which Christians should best assume which ministries. The role of church leadership is to help its members to identify their gifts and to integrate them into appropriate ministry. Now, thank God, <coughs> there's, there's a lot of people at Snowden who are already um, using their gifts. And like I said, you know, we could, we could make a list of names. And by the way, uh, I just wanted to say uh, congratulations to James and uh, Natalie on their uh, engagement, is that it? Yes. <laughs> yes, that was part of the message. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll kind of wrap it up because, uh, yeah, we're getting closer. Wow. Maybe at some point, you know, when, when there's no one on the pulpit, I could uh, kind of wrap up some of this here. But um, my prayer really was <clears throat> to, to share, I, I think, what I, I, I see as uh, the essential message in, in Romans 12. Like, so why is forgiveness at the end, why is that so important? Because... Certain things will hinder the, um, basically what Paul is urging, what Paul is, he's encouraging us um, and, and many Christians across the centuries, what is he encouraging us to do is, yeah, to love one another, to, to use our gifts, to remember that uh, none of us is better than anyone else. We are unique we're different and you know to appreciate 
some, some of the people here, you, maybe you, you know, we don't know yet. We haven't seen all their potential be unleashed. And, and we're praying to see more of that and, and what God will do. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And what happened on Pentecost? You know, once the Spirit comes, uh, <laughs> the Lord can do all kinds of things. And he has given his church spiritual gifts. We are called to use them. But another hindrance to this beautiful plan of God for his church is pride. So Romans 12, if you read the chapter, you'll find, uh, you'll find a few mentions of this. Um, and that's why I gave you this handout. So the, the story behind the handout, uh, Jake Decord at a board meeting many, many moons ago, uh, this was like in like probably 95, 96, so we're looking at more than 25 years ago. He gave us this handout. It comes from Campus Crusade, now called the um, Power to Change Ministry. And I've kept this handout, and I, you know what? I, I had to go back to this handout quite a few times in my own life, and sadly, probably will have to go back to it many times the years that I have left. I just encourage you uh, to, you know, take this home, prayerfully look at this, and, and really ask, Lord, is there something on that list, you know, for where pride can be expressed uh, that you're, you're pointing out to me? And, you know, humble yourself uh, before the Lord and he will uh, lift you up. I, I think it's better for you to humble yourself than wait to be humbled by the Lord. And I tell you, he, he's more than able to humble us where we need humbling. It's a lifetime work. But, so I'll close there. Um, hopefully something that I shared during these three weeks will, will resonate, will stay in your, in your mind. And uh, my prayers as a result, part that this will help, will help us uh, even as we prepare for this meeting in, in June 19, uh, to, yes, to encourage one another, to spur each other towards love and good deeds, I think you've mentioned in his, in his prayer. Um, that's my, my prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can study and learn many things from your word but father may it may it not just be uh, input like the dead sea but may we have an output also may we share this word with others may we encourage one another 
to discover our unique uh, contribution. We are part of the great choir that you have brought together. Some of us are alto, other tenors. Help us to appreciate uh, the contribution that each one brings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.